This is the Go Radio Football Show. Hosted by Rob McLean and Davy Proven. So, is it coming home to <laughs> Copenhagen, Odense, Esbjerg? Denmark against England in tonight's second Euro 2020 semi-final. The winners will play Italy in the final on Sunday. And what does coming home mean anyway? I can't work it out myself. Davey, <laughs> how do you think this is going to go tonight at Wembley? Are we going to get the result we're after? It depends what result you're after. <laughs> if you want me to declare myself, yeah. uh, I, w- I would have to say that, that normally when Scotland are not in a tournament, I support England but I'm prepared to make an exception tonight, given that if England get to the final, they'll have played six out of seven games at Wembley, and I think that's a nonsense. What does coming home mean? It's coming home. I, well, I've no idea. Was it was it Skinner and Badiel that it was. started that way back? Euro 96, in, wasn't in 96. it? 96, great yeah. wee song, but um, you know, all these years later, and, and we're watching some of the pictures outside Wembley at the moment, and... It's like VED, VED already, and whatever's else from kickoff. You know, goodness knows what it's going to be like if, if England win tonight. And what they do know now that they didn't know 24 hours ago is that it will be Italy in the final just um, on penalties uh, last night. Was that the coolest penalty conversion you've ever seen from wow. Jorginho last night? So that, that little hop in the run-up was, um, was unbelievable. I mean, I guess you could say that he could have afforded to, to miss it and they would still have been in it. But oh. still some nerve to to take a penalty like that. Felt so sorry for Ovaro Morata. Mm. You know, given that he was slaughtered earlier in the tournament, comes on last night, and I'm surprised that Luis Enrique didn't start him. Comes on, scores the goal. It's a moment of redemption almost, and then he, he misses the penalty. It's uh, a real kick in the backside. And they were the better team, I think, weren't they, Spain? Oh, yeah, 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 for large parts of it. I think... I think the possession stats, 35% Italy had. But you knew going into extra time, Italy just decided, right, this will do us. We're heading for penalties. Um, we'll hold what we have and we'll take our chances and it's paid off for them. Has that played into potentially England's hands, do you think, or Denmark if they win tonight? Just the fact that, that Italy have gone through all of that. They look pretty tired in the game anyway, um, to be honest, and, and they've gone through two hours and yeah. the tension of penalties as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose the only... The only mitigation in that scenario was that the, they get a day's extra rest um, compared to England. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose that evens things up. And like England, um, you know, Mancini has has so many players to choose from. He's he's got a, a really strong squad now. And you know, if you consider where they were when he when he took over, the, the job he's, he's done is nothing short of astonishing. The English media are getting uh, well carried away. No great uh, surprise there. I hadn't realised that their their semi-final record was quite so bad at, at the major tournaments. The fact that their their one and only ever semi-final win in a major tournament was when they won the thing. I believe that I believe it was in 1966. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm told, and they've lost on all four semi uh, semi-final appearances since then. The last World Cup, Euro '96. 68, if you can remember back to, to those times, and also the 1990 um, World Cup. But they seem to have brushed all that away fairly yeah. uh, successfully. Um, and if and if you're watching and listening to the, to the English media, it, it seems like a bit of a shoe-in. It, it does. It's almost a given. They, 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 they've almost uh, ordered the engraver to start <laughs> right now, haven't they? <laughs> but, um, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a moment, Denmark beat England last October at Wembley. Um, and they've got a good record against England. And I was just looking through some of their squad today. 
you know, most of their players are playing at a really good level at clubs like Barcelona and Dortmund and Milan. Um, so, you know, th this is not a given for England, despite the the, the premature eu euphoria, if you like, of the English media. I just wonder as well um, whether Denmark's name is maybe written on it. I think a lot of people would be really happy if they did come out on top, just from a human point of view, because of what happened to Christian Eriksen. They lost uh, their first couple of group games. They were, they were forced to play the Finland game uh, on the same night, crazily. And uh, not surprisingly, they lost it. So they came back to in the last game to qualify uh, and now here they, here they are in the last four of the of the tournament I, I just wonder you know whether it might be for them I, I would hope so I mean I think I think every neutral likes to see an underdog win and, and they very much are the, the underdogs um, England uh, and Italy um, you know most pundits would say that's that's going to be the final but you know if Denmark were, were to get through and win it it would be a hugely popular win, not least because of what happened to Christian Eriksen. Yeah, just looking at the team last time out, Davey, and, and just underlining the point you made about the uh, the clubs and brackets after some of these names. I mean, Kasper Schmeichel, obviously, in goal, I mean, has uh, done his reputation so much good with the way he's carried himself, apart from his goalkeeping, uh, right through the tournament. Obviously, an FA Cup winner with Leicester this season. Andreas Christensen at the back of Chelsea. Simon Kerr of Milan, Yannick Vestergaar, Southampton. Um, then it's Udinese in the midfield, Hoybier of Tottenham, uh, Thomas Delaney, Dortmund, Joachim Mela, what a player he's been at left back or left wing back from Atalanta, uh, Mikael Damsgaard, Sampdoria, Martin Braithwaite, Barcelona, uh, and Kasper Dolberg, who's, who plays in France with Nice and, yeah. and maybe not much was expected of him going into the tournament. He scored three times. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I would have to admit, Rob, I didn't know too much about him until the, the Wales game. And that's really when he announced himself in this tournament with the, the two goals. The first goal in particular, an absolutely stunning effort from outside the box. And I, he, he, would, he would be the obvious danger to, to England tonight, Kasper Dolber. England uh, look as if, uh, if, if the rumour machine is correct, it looks as if there's only going to be one change to the England team uh, that put four goals past uh, Ukraine in the quarterfinals. Uh, Pickford and goals... Kyle Walker, it's a, I mean, it's an old Manchester back four, isn't it? Uh, Kyle Walker and John Stones of Man City, then Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw of, of Man United. Uh, they haven't lost a goal, England so far. Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice, the holding midfield players. It looks as if uh, Sacco, maybe Saka will replace Sancho on the right side. Mason Mount off the front. Raheem Sterling, who's been fantastic. Uh, for England and Harry Kane who significantly is back among yeah. the goals well he is he's timed, it, he's timed it well hasn't he there's a feeling I think that Harry Kane's going to win it for England now you know now that he's he's back in the groove and it would be hard to argue against that um, you know that theory but you know when you look at how spoiled Gareth Southgate is for, for choice mm. I've got to say and I've been watching England for a long time obviously I think this is this is the strongest group of players that England have ever had in my lifetime and They'll, they'll never have a better chance of winning the tournament with this group of players. Yeah, and and he um, demands the or deserves, I should say, the utmost respect. Gareth Southgate. Um, I mean, I, I I think his players come across really well as well. I think every just about every interview I've seen with an England player, um, I, I think they've come over well. And Gareth Southgate, you can throw absolutely anything at him; yeah. he'll handle it. Yeah, and he, I, I think he's he's tried his best to keep the lid on the expectation which is an impossibility given the, the way the English media behave. Um, but I think if you, if you leave the English media aside, you know, th this is a really exceptional group of, of English players. Um, 
but as I say, Rob, they're so close now. And if they were to fall flat, you know, like the English media are, mm. they'll do a U-turn and, and they'll have them. Yeah. That's just the way it works down yeah. there. Um, so they, they've really got to finish the job now and they've got a terrific chance. Two games at Wembley. It's all it's all there for them. Sure is. Um, between now and, and six, um, we're going to, between us, uh, mainly you, pick your uh, team of the, the tournament up to this point. So just as a little taster for that, who of, the, who of the England team would you have in your compilation team of the tournament? I've got Kyle Walker in at right back. Mm-hmm. And I have no one else. That's a bit of a contradiction, but... No so you don't else. you don't have Raheem Sterling? I don't have Raheem Sterling, no. Was he knocking on the I've door? Got, I've got two up front. Uh, I've, I've gone for a... For, have you gone 4-4-2? Four, 4-3-1-2. Four, four, ah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Do you want a whole... Well, no, Monte, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to that later on. But, but uh, no, I, I, that's interesting. I think I, I, I might have, I would have been pushing for Declan Rice, possibly. Um, and I think I'd have been pushing for 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 Raheem Sterling because he scored in three in three of England's games uh, so far. But no, no, good man. Um, because lots of really top performers, lots of surprises. I love I love when the Euros or a World Cup comes up with a with a surprise. I mean, the, the guy I mentioned there earlier, Joachim Mela, uh, down the left side for yeah. for for Denmark. Uh, he's probably some someone that we didn't know much about. Two goals already, couple of assists. Terrific player, and he, you know players are going to get big moves, aren't they, off the back of this yeah, tournament absolutely. as well? The, the boy Sheik at the Czech Republic, who yeah. was low pro- profile before he, well, before he put Scotland to the sword at Hamden, but has gone on to get five goals for for one of the what you would what you would describe as one of the minnow countries in this competition. Yeah, and you know he he will be on the radar for some of the major clubs now as well. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the football chat with Davey and myself you might want to talk to Davey about Ange Postecoglou who has uh, this afternoon at his uh, first game in charge of Celtic um, watched a little bit of it earlier on looked like they were playing at Lennox Town um, they are playing <laughs> at uh, they are playing at uh, Newport they're, they're training based down in, in Wales they played three 30 minute segments rather than two times 45. And uh, they beat Sheffield Wednesday by three goals to one. Josh Windass scored the opening goal, the former Rangers player. Uh, Albion Ayeti equalised. He was captaining uh, Celtic, the, the first Celtic team that was uh, sent out. Uh, 19-year-old Owen Moffat made it 2-1 for Celtic. And uh, Odson Edouard got himself back in the old routine Um with what was practically the last kick of the game, so three uh, one for Celtic. But in terms of uh, people who played well in the in the first team that that uh, Ange sent out, um, Vasilis Barkas uh, was in goals. For those of you who can remember, uh, Vasilis Barkas, Stephen Welsh played, Ralston Montgomery, Sorrow, uh, Kerr McInroy started, Ewan Henderson, uh, and as I say, Ayeti were the captain's armband. In the second team, uh, Scott Bain came on in goal. He captained that Celtic team. Uh, Odson Edouard featured as well. And uh, as I say, scored the goal, which made it 3-1. You got any thoughts about Odson Edouard, Davey? Is, you know, are we barking up the right tree when we think that a move is inevitable? Yeah, I think it is inevitable. I mean, you know, for, for Celtic to bring players in and they are going to have to bring in somewhere I think between half a dozen and a dozen um, 
that money has to come from somewhere and it will come from player sales. And, you know, I, I think if you look back to the beginning of last season, Edward and Sham clearly wanted out and it was a huge mistake to keep them. And I, I, from what I can gather or my first impressions of Postacoglu is that if you don't want to be there, he, he doesn't want you there. And I, I think Celtic have got to get rid of the boys. That sounds like a harsh expression, but... The, the, the boys that aren't fully committed have to go and they have to get players in who, who will go the full shift. Yeah. And, and I mean, Craig Moore obviously has been on this show quite a few times uh, since Ange either was being tipped to take the job or was taking the job or since he since he has taken the job, he's been in touch with them a couple of times as well. And I think, uh, I think his style is very much all in. I think it's high energy. I think he likes defenders who can defend one-to-one um, and keep him secure at the back, and then flooding yeah. forward, you know, very quickly. That that seems to be the 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 style of of football that he wants to play. And, and as you say, you either buy into that or you're at the door, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been impressed by from what I've heard from him. You know, he, he seems to have a lot of a lot of sense about him. He, he he knows his way around the training ground. He has a very good record. But what I would say is that he is so short a time. Champions League yeah. game against Midtjylland in a fortnight. They're 13 days away, yeah. And he hasn't really had a chance to assess his players. You, you can't assess players on the training ground. You, you have to watch them in games. And he, how many games is he, go, is he going to have yeah. bef- before the the first qualifier? Yeah, so, you're, you're, so, you're, so, so, so short a time. And you know how it works in this country. If, if he loses the Champions League qualifier, the Knights will be out, loses his first league game and they'll want him out. Yeah. That, that's Glasgow. Yeah. So no matter... Uh, how how good a game he talks and how much we feel that he deserves to get time it doesn't work that way no uh, and I mean it's 13 days away that Champions League qualifier Davy and you, and you heard me listing the names um, the, the more significant names were the ones that I didn't mention because they weren't involved so with less than two weeks to go yeah. he's not really got many of the players in front of him on the pitch no. who he will intend to be playing in that and, game and James Forrest as, as far as I understand is, yep. is was a close contact yes that's right. So he won't he won't be training with the squad. Nope, he's so is, that, isolating. That, that's something else he he could do without. I mean, I I, I don't know what's going on in the background, but um, whoever is in charge of recruitment really has to get the finger out and, and yeah. help Ange Postecoglou because without a raft of not just signings but a raft of good signings, um, it's going to be an uphill struggle for him. My question would be who, be who is in charge of recruitment because obviously Nicky Hammond left. I think he was head of football operations but effectively he was running re- recruitment. I'm not sure if, if, that, if that role's been replaced. I'm, I'm not sure who is, who is fulfilling that role. Uh, how big a part... Uh, well, according to Craig Moore and Andrew Postacoglu will want to be playing a very yeah. big part in, in who comes in the door. Yeah. Um, but again, but, again, time is not on his side. No. And what he, what he doesn't want to, to end up is, is being at the mercy of agents. Um, ideally you would have your head of recruitment identifying players for you instead of agents um, you know throwing DVDs at you and, mm. and making a, a decision on that um, and again it comes down to time um, hopefully the guy will, will be given time to get his feet under the desk but um, you know I've been in this city long enough to, to know how it works and, and if the results don't go well for him he, he's, he's going to be up against it 
This was the Celtic statement on Twitter um, about James Forrest, um, who I think uh, turned 30 today, actually. I'm pretty sure it's his birthday. Uh, he's not currently present uh, in the camp, uh, as unfortunately he has been identified as a close contact of a positive COVID-19 case. So that, uh, that certainly doesn't help uh, Celtic's preparations at all. His season was uh, severely hampered by injury of course, last time around. And in contrast, you look at the, the Celtic squad that's that's featuring today and featuring in these, maybe it's going to get stronger, you would imagine, game to game. They're, they play Charlton and Bristol City uh, coming up in uh, friendlies Celtic as they limber up for that for that Champions League qualifier. Then it's Michelin and that's, <laughs> that's a pretty tough level uh, to get to, you would imagine. Meantime, uh, Rangers played uh, Park Thistle at Fur Hill the other night. They'd... Uh, they kept the goalkeeper the same. Other than that, they played two completely different teams. Uh, the likes of Goldson and Balogun and Stephen Davis and Hadji and Roof and Aribo uh, featured in the in the change side that went out. But I, Craig's counted them up last night. There, there were I think there were about maybe 12, 14 regular first teamers that weren't involved. So so the Rangers squad is massive. I had a look at the Rangers squad today. Um, Forty players. Mm. In the, in the squad that, that is um, listed on Wikipedia 40 player that's a lot of wages for a start yeah and I, I would I would guess that a bit like Celtic that two or three will be out the door um, what Rangers will try and do is keep them for the Champions League qualifiers try and get into the groups and hope that's enough to to entice them to to stay or at least get very top dollar for them but they'll, they'll try and keep them for the, the qualifiers we're talking Rangers uh, limbering up for their title defence, limbering up for the Champions League qualifiers, Celtic as well. They've had their first pre-season game under the management of Ange Postacoglu. You can uh, get in touch with us uh, about that. Talk to us about what you thought of Scotland at the Euros. We're going to be talking to Davy about that shortly. And obviously, we're at the semi-final stage now, the Euro 2020s. It's Italy awaiting in the final. The winners of tonight's semi-final England against Denmark. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. That's you up to date with the travel and we're keeping you up to date on the football front as well. Lots of transfer rumours going around. Probably about 5% of them will uh, come to reality, <laughs> I would imagine. But uh, that's just the way of it. And uh, Celtic and Rangers tend to be linked with quite a number of players. I think the latest uh, latest one I've seen, and we did mention it the other night, it was um, a breaking story on the show. It was either last night or the night before. And it was Celtic talking to Ruben Kazan, Davy in talks, uh, allegedly... Um, about Swedish international defender Carl Starfelt. There's been talk of a, a £4 million fee and that all seems to be based on the, the thinking that Christopher Iyer is... Yeah. They don't know where he's going, but he's going to be going somewhere. Well, Iyer's another one I should add to the list. If yeah. they don't want to be here, and I, I think he's made it clear he wants out of Scotland, so Celtic should accommodate him and get someone in. Um, the Swedish boy Starfelt, a good age, 26 years of age, uh, by all accounts um, doing really well uh, or ha has done really well for Ruben Kazan and looks as if he, he would fit the bill and Celtic of course need centre-backs that, that was the weak point uh, of last season Rob McLean, Davy Proven the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday night Regan's with us as well hi Regan uh, Hi Rob, how are you doing alright? Yeah good thank you, how are you? I'm doing well Rob, hi Good man uh, what would you like to say? I just wanted to talk about Celtic today I thought there was so many brilliant things I thought more fit in the midfield 
and also for that Jetty getting his his goal was uh, great for the confidence as well. Yeah. What do you reckon, David? I mean, I guess um, Ange Postacoglu is going to be open-minded, isn't he? He's going to be looking at youngsters like Owen Moffat, who's 19 and scored today. Um, you know, I, I guess it's a it's a blank sheet of paper in many respects. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you serve an apprenticeship in the Celtic first team uh, unless you are really exceptional. Uh, how many players come out there, the, you know, the youth team under-21s and go straight in at the first team oh. and stay there? You know, Aidan McGeady, one or two others, but very, very few. Yeah. And I, I think Postacoglu has to get the finished article in. Um, Ayeti, nice to see him getting a goal uh, today, but in the longer term, not good enough. Have you, uh, have you written him off? Yeah, I have. And, I, and I, I said when he signed from West Ham that I thought he would do well here. If you looked at his numbers in Switzerland, uh, they were terrific. Um, maybe not good enough to get in the West Ham side, but that, that for me didn't mean he wouldn't succeed up here. But he hasn't done it. Uh, and that's another reason I think that, um, and I said this the last time I was on the show, I was imploring Postacoglu to give Lee Griffiths another contract. Now, there's a strong argument to say that he didn't deserve one, and I get that. But given that Klamala's gone, Edward is likely to go, um, it is well worth Celtic's time trying to hammer Lee Griffiths back into shape, I think. What do you think, uh, Regan, about a Yeti? Do you think he deserves another chance? Um, I, think, I think it's difficult, Rob, because he's... He's not really played too well last year. I get that from David's point of view, but I think also he had to take into consideration his goal scoring record in Switzerland as well. And he's done really well. But, but I think also Edward is going to go, so we need to find, um, think about maybe, say, we can have to get to be the forward line for next season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really difficult time. We're speaking about this already. I mean, the, the Champions League qualifier is 13 days away. Mm. Um, yeah. the, games like games like today's are just not, Davey, going to tell Ange Postacoglu a whole lot. There are very few players that will feature in that game that were involved uh, today at, at Newport. He doesn't have much time. He's One way or another, he's got to try and get through the, yeah. the, these qualifiers and, and, and get Celtic into a decent position, you know, in European football. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think providing no one leaves between now and the Michelin game, I think he will revert to type and try and go back to the bones of the side that finished last season. Oh. Now that, obviously, in the going forward is, is not going to be good enough. But I think he, he would have to revert to that rather than put an experimental side out in such an important game. Um, so, again, you know, short of time and he will be working day and night on a shape on the training ground, trying to get them into a shape. By all accounts, he is big, big on the, the pressing game. The team, the team goes up and down the pitch. Oh. You, you watched Italy last night get oh. up and down the pitch almost as a, a concrete block oh. until the game started to stretch later on. But, but that, that's what we'll be working on, trying to get some kind of shape together. Are you optimistic, Regan, about the season coming up? Because, uh, you know, I guess there's there's not a lot of evidence in front of us, is there, that uh, at the no. moment that, that Celtic are going to be any better than they were last season? I would say I'm optimistic because of Postacoglu and the way he speaks from mm. more, more than what Celtic are doing. But I, like, I do like the way they're going forward. I don't know about David, but I like the Shaw who played the midfield today. I thought he Liam Shaw, he yeah. A, I don't know if he was in the game, but I thought he, he played well and uh, I see the link with a centre back from Sweden as well yeah, so. we, yeah we were just talking about him yeah the uh, Carl Starfelt um, but 
I guess, you know, what we're talking there is potentially a replacement. It's not in addition to what they've yeah. got. It's probably replacing Christopher Iyer. So um, they're, yeah. they're not just going to need one defender. They're no. probably going to need quite a few, Davy, you would think. Well, the, the other centre-back is, and I'm, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing the, the name right, was uh, Urugiri. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounded yeah. pretty close to me. Yeah, and Christopher Julian <laughs> um, can't be far away, surely. Yeah. But given the length of time he's been out, and I know yeah. he's, he's, he needs games, but, uh, you know, eventually he, he'll be back in. Mm. Um, it's at the top end of the pitch that I worry because you know odds on Edwards' mind if, if, if it's not right um, how much use is he going to be Ryan Christie's another one who appears to be working his ticket mm. and that was the problem last season there were boys in that dressing room who didn't want to be there and that's eventually Neil Lennon blew the whistle on him after the the Ferenc Varys game yeah Regan thanks for your call good to hear from you Okay, cheers, Regan. Take care, all the best to you. Um, I mean, Aaron Hickey's another name that is circulating at the moment, but uh, I think we went from yesterday's rumour, which was maybe three and a half million, um, to the story today that has Bologna looking for about eight million mm. for, for Aaron Hickey, who's been a year in Serie A. I, th- I think if, if Celtic do want him back, because obviously he was in the academy there, uh, and they could have signed him a year ago from Hearts, um, and his value has gone up mm. in, in the meantime. Um, but it, it sounds like there, there's maybe some Italian interest as well, like Fiorentina yeah. are being mentioned, uh, and that will be ramping up the ramping up the, yeah. the money. Is, is he one you would like to see at Celtic? Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, Bologna are, are calling the shots. They've got the boy in a, a long contract. So, you know, they dictate the price unless... Unless the boy has made it clear that he's he hasn't settled and he, he oh. maybe wants back to Scotland, in which case that would open the door for for Celtic uh, probably to get him at you know better value if you like better value for Celtic if the boy has has told his club in Italy that that he's not settled and he, he wants to go back to Celtic. I think he's adaptable, isn't he, Aaron Hickey? I mean, we we see him yeah. as a left back mainly. Like Tierney, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. But I think he but he can also play right side. Yeah. He's maybe more comfortable than Kieran Tierney is on right or left. And and also, I, I guess you could play him a little bit further forward as well. He's he's a good footballer, isn't he? Yeah, I mean the the Scottish Cup final. Um, what age was he? Seven? Was it sixteen or seventeen yeah. when he started against Celtic? Yeah. And I, I first time I had really watched him closely, and I, I couldn't believe the the composure the, and the assurance. He had that the man of the match. I, I think he got the man of the match award, oh. although Hearts lost. Yeah, but um, yeah, outstanding. And you know, it's another one that you know the boy was at Celtic as a youth, and yeah. another Andy Robertson, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Slipped through yeah. the net, and they yeah. do. And I'm not blaming anyone for that, but it's ironic now they're, they're talking about paying you know three, four million for. Him. You were talking about the Italian style of football, Davy. What a change from from the way they used to be. I mean, there's something really exhilarating about them when they're firing on all cylinders. Mancini's done a great job, hasn't he? Yeah, fabulous job. Um, almost unrecognisable. Although what, what you would say, getting into extra time last night, uh, it was like a switch. It was oh. almost like a switch. They had an instruction from the touchline. We'll, we'll, we'll settle for penalties. This will do us. Spain were dominating the game. And I think Italy, Italy realised it was time to go back into the old, the old Catanaccio stuff, defend what we have. And they did it brilliantly. And, you know, would you bet against them in a penalty shootout? I go back to Inter Milan scoring five at Celtic Park mm. in a, a European Cup semi-final. Five penalties in a row. They, they scored the night Dixie Deans missed. Yeah. And they, they, they seem to have the bottle for penalties. I think they missed Spinazzola. I think I think uh, him being injured has really affected their style of play. I mean, he he's been sensational for them, hasn't he? And, and they and they clearly miss him. Yeah, yeah. 
The, the other the other one is Jorginho. You know, if, if he yeah. if he were to get injured, I thought the contest last night between Busquets and Jorginho. Mm. Um, Busquets, I thought, gave a masterclass last night, and it was a night for for the old guys, if you like, because you had Benucci and um, Chiellini, Chiellini at the other end of the yeah. pitch, and uh, seventy between them. Oh, amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. And Chiellini doesn't look a particularly good footballer when he's on the ball. No. But if you look at his record, you know, it's... And it works, doesn't it? It just, yeah. it just works. They, they, they take a lot of breaking yep. down those two. Yeah, and they, they would not let their granny go by them, would they? No. I was wishing uh, good luck to the steward who grabbed Bonucci. I don't know if you saw it in the celebrations. One of the stewards at, the, at Wembley thought, thought he was a fan with a, an Italy strip <laughs> on and grabbed him and tried to hold him back. The camera thankfully cut off at that point because I, I thought it had the potential to get messy at that stage and not Lionel, not Lionel Messi. <laughs> Um, either um, Scotland of course uh, long gone as far as the Euros are concerned um, interested to get your thoughts Davey first time I've uh, seen you and spoken to you since the, the Scottish exit um, has our performance got any better uh, on reflection when you think that England are a game away from the final the Czechs got to the quarterfinals and uh, Croatia were just very narrowly beaten by Spain mm. I, th I think Scotland blew it and I think Steve Clark has to shoulder the responsibility for that by not having the the ambition in the first game against the Czech Republic, and that was the most winnable of the three, to go with two strikers. Uh, he reverted to his own cautious character, and it, it proved costly. And you know, when you consider even going into the last game against Croatia, had Scotland won that game one 0 they would have qualified for the knockouts, having scored just one goal in three games and taking just four points from nine. Now, it's it's almost more difficult to get knocked out of this competition than to stay in. Yeah. It's what would you have done differently against Croatia? I, I think by that time, I, I think the Czech Republic game was was a game where we had to, to go with two strikers. Um and Croatia were outclassed, I think it's fair to say. But given what I've just said, oh. you know, you know, you know, Steve Clark, from the very beginning, if you go back to when he took the job and he won his first game, I think he beat Cyprus with a late goal. Um, but he has always had this cautious mentality. And even when you consider Billy Gilmer, now, Billy Gilmer is now being presented to people as the, the future of Scottish football. Billy Gilmer wasn't even in Steve Clark's squad, the original squad, until it was increased because of COVID. Yeah. So Steve Clark wasn't going to pick Billy Gilmer. Billy Gilmer wasn't even going to be an issue. And again, that's down to caution. And I think it was a terrific chance, you know, where, where we could have qualified uh, four points out of nine. We had two games at Hamden and we didn't get it done. And, you know, we talk about the English media, but I think some of the nonsense that's been written up here, you know, hard luck stories, you know, the future looks great for Scotland. This was our chance. Mm. And even if you look to the next World Cup campaign, We've already dropped points. We, we dropped two points to Austria at Hamden, and again, it's because Steve Clark didn't let the, the boys off the leash until the second half. There's damage been done in the next World Cup campaign already. And I think had Steve Clark been a, a, a club manager and that had been a Champions League section he was in, I, I think he'd have been slaughtered. He's been given a new contract, hasn't he? Or he's been... Uh, the well, noises Ian Maxwell, are... I mean, that beggars belief. Ian Maxwell was talking before the tournament even began about extending Steve Clark's contract. Now, that, that's a hell of a gamble. That's what England did with Sven Joran Eriksson and it backfired, it blew up in their face. Um, so, 
Steve Clark for me is is a lucky guy. Uh, I think he, he got the kid gloves treatment from the, the Scottish media. Uh, and it's a great chance, I think, that Scotland to have missed, particularly when you look at the Czech Republic uh, doing so well. Would you get rid of him? No, obviously he would have to get the next World Cup campaign. But I would certainly hope that he would be a little bit more ambitious going forward. We now need a big result on the road you yeah. know, already. We've dropped points against Israel, dropped points against Austria. Um, he, he needs a big result somewhere. Yeah, because I mean th those upcoming games uh, in September, what I think one's at home to Moldova, but the two away games are Denmark, Denmark. and Denmark and Austria. And yeah. We've seen how well both those teams have, have done at the Euros as well. So you you don't so you don't see do you see any progress? From Scotland? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I think we've got the, the best group of players we've had in a long time. And I, I did say before, the last time I was on the programme, I, I said we felt we could trust this group of players, that there was there was a real humility about them, a real good work ethic. Um, they, they look as if they're really bonded together as a, as a dressing room. Um, I, I just wish Steve Clark would, would let them off the leash now and again, you know. I, I don't see when you've got a home game against the Czech Republic at Hamden in your opening game yeah. why you would play with one striker and I, and I think he given his time over again would, would play Che Adams you know who, who's a, a quality English Premier League class yeah, and striker I, and, and I think having lost the opening game Rob he was then boxed into a situation where he had to go for it at Wembley yeah. and that's when he took the big decision to play Billy Gilmer oh. would he have done that had we beaten the Czech Republic probably not he maybe got unlucky, didn't he? Because Gilmore, uh, you know, it, it was it was crazy, wasn't it? Billy Gilmore had never started for Scotland before. Yeah, he was so good. He was he was so outstanding. He had an effect on everybody round about him in that game, and then it then it kicked on to the Croatia game at Hamden, and and we really missed his energy, missed yeah. his quality, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we we did. Although, to be fair, Callum McGregor was outstanding. Yes, in that game, um, we we just met a Croatia side that hadn't so far in the tournament shown their hand. You know, again, I refer to the last time I was in here and I, I said, look, don't underestimate this Croatia side. There's a lot of talk about them being over the hill. Average age was 28, the team that played Scotland. Mm. Um, seven or eight of them had played in the last World Cup final. And unfortunately, we saw the quality on the night they, they played Scotland. Modric in, in particular. Yeah, you know, it was a masterclass. Yeah. yeah, reminded us what he's all about. Did Scotland stand back and watch? To, a, to yeah, an extent, I, yeah, I think we did stand off them. Yeah. Why was that? Had we had we emptied ourselves at Wembley, or what? Why why was that? Why did that happen? I'm, I'm not sure because you know we we've done we've done very little travelling in the group. Mm. It was you know the games were all local. Yeah. When you look at some of the the, the travelling that sides have been doing in this competition, I think everything suited us. Two home games, uh, you know, one trip local trip down at Wembley. Is it about tournament know-how? Is that something? Of but, it, but, I mean, but, is that is that a valid point to, to throw into the mix? That that a team like Croatia, they don't put, when they lose their first game to England, and don't set the header alight in the second game either. They're not panicking because they know they can do it in the third group game and mm -hmm. go through. They know what it's all about. They've been there before. They've they've done it before. Scotland are rookies because it's been so, so long. So, some of them, some of them. Yeah, uh, you know. I, I think when you look at the Scotland team and the experience that the likes of Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney and Callum McGregor and you know of, of Champions League football, um, I do accept that guys like Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes are not used to this type of, of tournament, this type of level, and hopefully we'll, we'll be better pre better prepared for the next tournament. But I just hope we can make the next tournament because 
you know, we've dropped points to Austria and Israel already were chasing it. Yeah. I mean, Billy Gilmore is clearly going to be uh, a regular part of the Scotland team if he if he's available. Hopefully he is. He's, he's out on loan at Norwich and he'll be getting games this season. Nathan Patterson, you would imagine, has shown even in cameos that he'll be in there. Were you surprised that David Turnbull didn't feature at all? Uh, not not really because the, the midfield is so strong. Uh, but I mean, nobody would have been surprised. Could he not have been X-Factor off the bench potentially? I'm not sure where you play him though. I mean, mm. would, would you would you play him as the support to to a front two or? I just think he's got something different. I just yeah, think he, yeah, he he does. But you know, if if you've got John McGinn supporting, I'm not sure. Yeah, you you, you could probably play Turnbull and McGinn both supporting a lone striker, one striker. Yeah. Um, I just think I, would, when things didn't go well for Scotland, I think you end up looking back and thinking. Yeah. Why? Why was he not? Why did he not feature? He was. He was outstanding in a struggling Celtic team. Um, he's got something about him. You know, he's got that Gallus quality yeah. about him, hasn't he? Well, I mean, I, I think his his time will come now. I think I think Steve Clark will have will have to give him some game time. Uh, the problem is that that Steve Clark has very little margin for error now in the the yeah. Qatar World Cup campaign. Yeah, um, you know, come September, he's under pressure immediately. Yeah, those are those are tough away games, um, no doubt about that. Scotland, unfortunately, uh, long gone as far as uh, Euro twenty twenty concerns. Italy are in the final. Will it be England? Uh, will it be Denmark who join them? And what is Davy Province team of the tournament so far? We're going to find out. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's the Go Radio Football Show on a Wednesday. Debbie Proven and Rob McLean at your service, talking football uh, till six o'clock. Uh, John Lundstrom, uh, Davy, a player you've seen a fair bit of last couple of years in the English Premier League with Sheffield United. He's joined Rangers on a free. How does that sound to you? I'm surprised they got him, uh, and I think you'll do a, a really good job for Rangers. Saw a, a good bit of him uh, last season. Played in a. A central three with Oliver Norwood sitting, John Fleck to the left and Lundstrom giving a lot of licence to go forward. He's box to box, he'll get goals and I, you know, I think at 27 to get him on a free, great bit of business. Will he be a, an automatic starter, do you think? Or does he just join the, the battle for midfield places? I, yeah, I think he joins that rotation, doesn't he? You yeah. know, Stephen Gerrard's in the, the, the position where he's so well off for midfield players, he, he can rotate. But, you know, I think if Lundstrom gets in, um, he could make it hard for Steven Gerrard to leave him out. Does it suggest that there might be a continuing question mark over Ryan Jack in terms of his fitness to, to play a whole season? Obviously missed out with Rangers, then missed out with Scotland at the Euros as well. And of course, there's still transfer speculation swirling around Glenn Kamara. Well, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about players that, that will leave either of the old firm clubs. Um, Kamara, I, I think there's a decent chance that Rangers will get an offer they can't refuse. Stephen Davis isn't getting any younger. Um, Ryan Jack, question marks um, over his injury record maybe now. Uh, but but Lundstrom does not miss many games and, and he, he'll do a great job for, for Stephen Gerrard. And it's gamble free, isn't it? Because he's, yeah. a, free, he's a free agent. Well, he's, he's, listen, they'll, they'll, they'll be paying him a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, he's come out of the Premier but League. But in terms of a transfer fee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'm surprised Rangers got him, but you know, fair play to is it Ross Wilson who does the yeah. recruitment there. Mm. Billy Gilmore, we were speaking about him in a Scotland context just before the break. Uh, he's gone to Norwich, who played the season at uh, Norwich, who promoted, of course, to the English Premier League. Does that sound like a good move, do you think, for him? Yeah, yeah because he'll play every week for Norwich, won't he? Mm. 
Um, and I'm, I'll bet you Ange Postacoglu is delighted that Rangers didn't get him back yeah. because by all accounts Rangers were interested in bringing him, him back to Glasgow but I think it makes sense Norwich makes sense you you wouldn't you wouldn't call him a, a rival in any way to, to Chelsea and he will get regular first team football there just been looking, Davy, um, on the on the sidelines uh, during the the Euros, seeing a couple of uh, former Celtic players involved. Uh, Morton Vikorst is part of the coaching team at Denmark, very much involved tonight um, against England, and and Sean Maloney, of course, is a key player in the Roberto Martinez backup team with uh, the superstars of, of Belgium. Um, would would those be two people? Um, that you could see returning to Celtic at some stage as part of a, a management team? You, you you wonder if Celtic have missed a trick at the moment by not trying to get Sean Maloney back to the club now. You know, if you consider the, the level at which he's been coaching now for, for quite a few years, yeah. you know, getting to the latter stages of, of World Cups and European Championships, coaching some of the some of the best players in the world. Yeah. There was, there was talk of him, wasn't there? His name was getting mentioned at the time when Eddie Howe, I think, was yeah. still alive. There seemed a, a possibility that he might be part of a, a coaching setup. But, you know, Postecoglou coming into Glasgow as a stranger, it's very common, I think, for, for somebody coming into that, that scenario to get someone who knows the club. Now, John Kennedy might fill that role. Um, but, you know, Sean Maloney is, is, is certainly a of the type of quality that, that Celtic should be looking for on their coaching staff. Eight o'clock tonight for England against Denmark playing for a place uh, in the final against Italy on uh, Sunday night. Um, Davey, I'm going to get your uh, compilation of your team of the tournament so far. You've given us a, you gave us a little sneak preview earlier on in that Kyle Walker, the England right back, is in it. But um, I think you said that's the only England player in your there, team. There is one more. One more? Uh, yeah, there is one more, the goalkeeper. Jordan, Jordan Pickford, Pickford yeah. Okay, so you've picked Pickford ahead of uh, Donnarumma. Yeah, who's I, been? I thought about it a great deal. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'll stick with that. I think Pickford. Jan is. Sommer for uh, Switzerland, pretty good as well. But uh, Pick, I mean, Pick, the the record speaks for itself. Yeah. But, then, but then, how much has Jordan Pickford had to do? Or you know, has he had many big saves? I, I think he's cut out the records, Rob. I think the the problem was he, he was it was very similar to, to Joe Hart that there was a ricket in him. I'm not sure yeah. there is now. He, yeah. looked, he, he looks a better goalkeeper now. Yep, that's a good point, actually. I think he's maybe 27 now and signs of him uh, maturing. So you've got Pickford and goals. Um, what about your back line? You've got, uh, you've got Kyle Walker. Walker Kyle Walker yep. right back. And I've, you know, if, if you were asking me to pick individually, I would not have Benucci and Cialini, but as a as a central defensive pairing. You'd, uh, have, you'd have the pair of them, would you? Yeah, I would, I would have the pair of them. I'm 70 years of age between them, but I do agree with Roberto Mancini that at the moment, they are the, the best. A bit like Nesta and Cannavaro were for Italy for many, many yeah. years. Yeah, um, yeah, rock, rock solid. You would you would want them in the in the side. John, would John Stones have been uh, yeah. possible? A possible. I mean, Harry yeah. Maguire probably hasn't played enough. John Stones has got much better feet than uh, Benucci and, and Cialini, but um, you know, as out and out defenders. Yeah, um, uh, I would go for the, the the two veterans. Who's your left back? Well, I mean. <laughs> I'm I would, I'm going for Jordi Alba. Mm -hmm. I'm tempted to go for Kieran Tini. Is that get, is that you getting Scotland in it? Alba. Well, yeah. get... <laughs> <laughs> too far ahead for me. But um, it's just a pity that Kieran Tini never got a chance to to show what he can do in the knockout stages. Yeah. 
and Andy Rob we all know what Andy Robertson can do but Kieran Tierney is you know I, I think deserved the chance to show the rest of, of Europe what he can do in the big oh. stage so no spin at Sola no but you liked him yeah absolutely yeah mm. yeah absolutely um, and no Mela of Denmark and no ten, 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 the other, the other one that I think quite a few people have seemed to have bypassed, maybe because they're, they're, they've been out for a couple of games, is the Netherlands, is Denzel Dumfries. I thought he was yeah. terrific for them as a as a right back or right wing it, back. It's been a feast, and uh, there have been so many outstanding individual, you know, performances. Uh, I've, I've really gone for tried and, and trusted here oh. because I've gone for Busquets as the holding player. Yeah, okay. Um, I, th- I thought he gave a masterclass last mm. night. Didn't deserve to be in the losing side, no. but. Um, you know, I remember him coming to to Hamden on the night Spain beat us three two, yeah, in the World Cup qualifier, and just marveling at, at Busquets' display that night. And when you watch him again, all these years later, last night, you can see why Barcelona allowed Jaya Turi to leave the new camp because this boy was coming through their youth system, and Busquets has held down the position ever since. So if Busquets plays, Jorginho doesn't? Yeah, yeah. again, it was a choice. Jorginho, yeah. I thought, was terrific last night, not just for the penalty, but, but you know the, the way he played throughout the game. And a bit like Busquets as well, he, he's so influential and yet can go unseen to, to the untrained eye at times, but, but he's constantly circulating the ball, isn't he? Yeah, it? I, I don't think people realise how, how clever these guys are because a lot of the time they're accepting the ball when they're facing their own goal and they, they don't know who's on their shoulder and they seem to have this... It's almost like a radar, a sixth oh. sense, you know, to be able to take the ball deep in the pitch where you can't afford to lose it. And if you watched Busquets last night, he, he took it everywhere. You know, no matter what way he was facing, how tight they were on him, he, he knows when to pop it off first time. He seems to know when he can take a first touch and then play it. Um, it's great to watch. And, yeah. as you, and as you say, he didn't deserve to be on the losing side. Who else have you got in midfield I've got with, the two with French Busquets? boys. I've got, I've got Pogba and Kante. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a convert when it comes to Pogba. I thought he was a flash Harry um, a few seasons ago, but I can see I can see what he's about now, and I, I just think he's become a, a terrific all-round player. And, and he he could play in a whole, one of a one of two holding positions, but I think if if you could have Busquets there, it would free him. You'd have yeah. Kante providing insurance as well. So it's incredible they're out, actually, France, isn't it? So, oh, I know, I know. Uh, Barella, did you think about Barella at all of, yeah, of, I, of Italy? I, I, I mean, you could have five or six Italian players in there. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm just trying to <laughs> spread it around. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's your that's your midfield three. Who, who you got up front? I've got De Bruyne. Yeah, I've got De Bruyne in support. Um, De Bruyne. He wasn't at his best, though, was he? Or did he show enough? That he just showed enough. Oh, I mean, he's, he's a magical player. I've never player, seen him play a bad game, Rob. No, no. That, I, 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 he wasn't fit, was he, in the the last game? Yeah, I don't think. But, but I, 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 I would argue he's. I would, I would argue he's the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. That's just obviously that's a personal opinion. But yeah, but I think I think maybe my problem is that that because I've got him on such a high pedestal, <laughs> yeah. that, that that he's possibly been below his best. But but as you say, he's magical. Who else? I've got Ronaldo. Yeah. As part of a front two. The serial record breaker. The serial record breaker. Five, is it five he's sitting on at the moment? Yeah. Five goals in the tournament. Five, yeah. And didn't really turn up either, did no. he? But no, no. Still managed to get Incredible. five goals before. Absolutely. And, before, and he's equaled the, the international goal scoring yeah, record as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to put Sheik in just for the, the impact he's made in the tournament. It was either Sheik or Harry Kane. Yeah. And again, you could go for Amubile and. Um, Insignia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're. they're so many alternatives, but this boy, yeah, Sheik, oh, 
they seem to grab the yeah. tournament by the throat. You, know? you understand why Roma paid 40 million for him yeah. at one stage and he's still only maybe 23 and probably another big move on the way. So just finally, Davey, before we go, a prediction tonight. I think England will win. Um, I would love to see Denmark do it. And I'd love to see Denmark win the tournament. I think it would be universally popular if the Danes were to do it, given the given the, the backdrop to yeah. it all with Christian Eriksen. Um, I do think England will win. And then it's, it's down to Sunday night and I think you could toss a coin for that one. I'm with you, Davey. Uh, Denmark for me tonight. Uh, good to see you and thank you very much Cheers, for the, the last hour. Thanks for listening as well. We're back tomorrow with another 60 minutes of Talking Football live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.